Welcome to the Welfare Culture Podcast, where we talk about all things Indigenous wellness. Hey, Hanewash Day. Good morning, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to the Welfare Culture Podcast. This is your co-host, Chelsea, and I am really excited to be here this morning. It feels like it's been kind of a while since we've recorded a podcast episode, and uh, I'm looking forward to this one today. So the last several episodes were about healthy relationships. And then we segued from there into conscious indigenous parenting. And it just so happens that we recently celebrated a big event in our life that is definitely related to those other uh, interrelational aspects of wellness. We got married. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, today we're actually going to talk all about our indigenous marriage celebration. Skutash, friends and family. Yes, it kind of has been a little while since we've been able to record an episode. And that's because we've been so busy, like Chelsea said, planning our marriage celebration. And it was a beautiful one. It happened last weekend. And and we wanted to talk a little bit about that and how that relates to our wellness as Native people, especially when we are building our families into the future, building our community. So it's very much relatable. So this really is, is connected to when we are talking about healthy relationships, parenting from our cultural values, and now marriage from our cultural values. So over the years, I've seen a lot of people get married in the way of their people. And we love that so much. And that's the route that we wanted to go as well. So we want to share about that today and talk a little bit about that in hopes to inspire those of you out there who may be considering doing things in this way. So hopefully it'll be helpful. Yeah. um, And just to further clarify, if some of you out there are wondering, what does a marriage or a wedding have to do with wellness? Well, for us, it's a ceremonial day. It's it's spiritual. It's uh, culturally significant. It has to do with not just ourselves, but with building relationships and friendships and lasting ties between our entire network of loved ones. And it has to do with our connection to the land where we are choosing to build our home and our future. It has to do with our ancestors and honoring the practices that they have always done from our many different intertribal lineages. Uh, It has to do with healthy relationships, as Thosh mentioned. And so that's why we decided, well, actually, in advance of the wedding, we hadn't really planned necessarily on doing a podcast about it. But I'm not kidding. We are still glowing from how powerful and wonderful and joyful the celebration was. I mean, it went even beyond our expectations of, of, of how fun and amazing and, and spiritually fulfilling it would be. And so we just said to your, said to each other, we got to do a podcast about this because we want to share that. We want to give ideas for those of you out there who may be also planning a wedding or maybe even way distant in the future. Uh, We want to give ideas for how to do it uh, in a good way. Yeah, like Chelsea said, this has everything to do with cultural revitalization, cultural preservation, and evolution. 
And you know, we talk a lot about that on this podcast. We're always talking about wellness is a crucial component to our indigenous cultures evolving. And it goes both ways. And our cultures provide so much solutions for the healing that's that we are in need of in our communities. And so we chose to go about the wedding in the way that we know, in the way that makes sense to us, in the way that we have seen others do in the past. And like Chelsea said here too, is like everything that we do that's important to us as Native people, we do in a ceremonial way. Because when we are doing things in a ceremonial way, what we are doing is we're showing all of our friends, our family, everybody in our circle, we're showing the community the way in which we plan to go forward in the future. And that's in a good way. And the ceremony strengthens us and it gives us an opportunity to give thanks to everybody that's in our circle that's contributed to our, our the success of our relationship and the building of our family. So when we do that, we're sort of like in a ceremonial way, spotlighting what our intentions are for our daughter and forward and moving forward into the future. And that's a way too for our ancestors to even acknowledge and be there and be present. We're showing the universe energetically what it is that that we are intending to do as as a young family moving into the future. Yeah, and I I think that it's also important to note that you know we didn't rely only on the wedding for that type of affirmation. Uh, Dash and I have been conscious for years about continually having these conversations about, you know, making sure that we're on the same page. Um, it was a big part about of our decision even to move in together in the first place and to have, you know, a baby together. Um, it's it's important to be in line with your partner when it comes to your values and where you you know, where you want to live, which land you're planning on having a connection to and, and, um, how you're going to move into the, into the future, um, together in a, in a solid partnership. And so we didn't rely only on the wedding for that, but because of the ceremonial aspect, it was a really good way of affirming that. And so that's what we found most important about the wedding. Yeah. Also to another component to, the idea of reaffirming something, we believe that our cultural values or our cultural protocols are the the true validators of 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 how we want to be. So we're giving power once again to our ceremonies instead of giving our power to the state or someone from some non-native, uh, I guess, background or or something to validate our marriage, um, which we do have the legal part, but what's most important for us is doing this in a spiritual way because we're giving power back to our culture once again that has been taken away from us so it's funny because a lot of people actually thought that Tosh and I already were married and <laughs> sort of made that comment of like oh okay I thought you I was already referring to you guys as husband and wife and we have heard that a lot everywhere we go and we when we would hear it we wouldn't correct people because you know for us, it's it's almost just a word, you know. Okay, husband, wife, life partners. Yeah, we're we're somewhere along that spectrum for sure, and we have been for some time. Um, and Thosh and I, neither of us were people who, you know, uh, prioritized um, weddings in the past, and we didn't see it as something that we had to do in order to have a, you know, complete life or to show this image of uh, a unified family uh, to the rest of the world. And I think that especially for myself, 
you know, having grown up not seeing a, a great number of healthy marriages, not seeing a great number of lasting relationships, I really questioned the institution of marriage. Um, also growing up, you know, having seen our two-spirited relatives discriminated against um, and, and not allowed to marry until ridiculously recently in, <laughs> in U.S. history. Um, you know, there was a whole number of things that made me sort of question marriage. And even earlier than that, um, I would go back to, you know, my memories of a kid growing up. You hear about a lot of little girls who are like, oh, I can't wait to have my wedding day one day. Well, I was a kid that would be mortified to even have to put on a dress. <laughs> and I was much more concerned with, you know, Ninja Turtles than playing house. And <laughs> it's just that marriage is just not something that I've dreamed of or always wanted to do. Um, so in fact, it almost took me by surprise in the past couple of years, having been with Thosh and after having our baby that I did decide I want to get married. And even before, before Allo, we already agreed and knew that we were going to be life partners and that we would get married someday. We just didn't know exactly when, because like Chelsea said, we, we didn't really value that. And um, as much we knew our commitment to one another and then when aloe came she brought us much much closer together and so even before our marriage we planned to to be together and be life partners and myself is also the same as chelsea where a lot of times like i said you know i i didn't really um i think i think the dominant cultural style of wedding i mean not to offend anybody at all i'm not trying to purposely <laughs> offend anyone but the wedding style of in which dominant culture and what which I've seen coming from the res, which is funny because you see a lot of that just on TV. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of that on TV, <laughs> and then you go to a res wedding, and I think that sometimes res people, our families try to they 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 are I guess conditioned to think that that's the standard of the wedding that they need to have, and it's funny they'll go and they'll try to have the wedding and they'll do it in a church, but they're not religious. <laughs> And so, you know, and it's just kind of like, what are we all doing here? You know, one time we we're sitting in a church and my, me and my sister and I, well, usually we're here for funerals, you know? And, and so we're kind of just like, that's the, my idea, I guess, of like wedding celebrations in the past. And so, you know, we definitely did not want anything along those lines. Again, not to offend anyone. That's just my personal, my personal view on it. So that is way, that is why we chose to go in the direction that we did with ours. And I also want to make a point, too, that we don't have any shame or feel embarrassed at all about the fact that having a child brought us closer together. Now, I've heard some people have a really direct commitment to wanting marriage before children. And I understand where that comes from. And I think it's because in dominant society, that's the expectation. And I think also that, especially as women, we want it, the world to know that it's that our partner isn't just stuck with us because we had a kid together. Um, and there was even a small part of me that when we found out we were pregnant with Aloe, I was like, you know, are people going to judge me because we're not already married? And guess what? Some people did judge me because we were already married, but very few. Um, but the no, fact of the I matter is, care. I'm, yeah, I thought she didn't care. <laughs> and didn't give a damn. And I got over it pretty quickly. But I, I just want to state this, that 
first of all, a kid will not necessarily bring you closer. Nope. Not at all. Um, if anything, having a child together will throw a big challenge to the relationship because it is a huge commitment. It is a huge responsibility. It takes a lot of collaboration, a lot of work, a lot of self-care. And if you're not communicating really well with your partner, you're going to end up fighting over stuff. So I'm actually really proud of the fact that Aloe has brought Thosh and I closer together because I think that we have done a really great job of continuing our commitment to each other while also parenting her in a good way. And so I have no shame in that we were we became further committed to the idea of marriage after having her. And I want to give everybody out there that power to know that if your child and your parenting has brought you closer together, then own it and be proud of that. And that's cool. And, you know, there's the other side of that too. And and there's absolutely no judgment to those of you who, um, are deciding to parent in different ways from we are. And, you know, there's this whole spectrum of different ways that people can lead happy and fulfilled lives. And, uh, but this just happens to be the case for us. So there's nothing wrong with marriage after children. Uh, and don't let people make you feel ashamed about that. That's just a Western notion, a Western concept. And we don't have to abide by that. And another reason why we decided to throw our marriage celebration was that Chelsea and I talked about it because we thought, you know, let's do something really small. We don't want a lot of attention. We don't want it to be, we don't want it to be this big spectacle. We don't want it to be a huge financial burden. We just want it to be something that is small, simple, and done in a very powerful spiritual way because that's what is that's what truly uh, validates it and so but we thought about it some more and we thought you know when in our lifetime are we going to be able to get all of our friends and family together from across native country because we have a lot of fr friends and people within our network spanning across the united states canada we have friends all the, all over stretched from here, Arizona to North Dakota. We have extended family all the way up in the Northwest coast, Brazil, um, Australia. Brazil. <laughs> exactly. We have ex in New York, we have friends, extended family from out there. And we thought this is going to be the perfect gathering to get all those people in one place. And I've always dreamed of that when I was younger, like I want to do something to get all of our friends and family together that I've never met because a lot of them didn't know each other before. So we thought this is an opportunity to get these people together, to have a memorable experience and to learn one from one another, to connect from one another. And a lot of our friends are, are talented. So we thought it would be also an opportunity for them to share their medicine and share their gift with all of our families that had never had the opportunity to experience that. So that was a big part um, of, of uh, the reason why we chose to do that is pulling people together and then I would say the the other thing is that, um, you know, I, because of all of the healing and wellness that we've done in other areas of life, I feel really happy that I'm not jaded anymore when it comes to the idea of a lasting relationship. Um, I really do believe in us. I believe in uh, people's ability to heal, to be well, to have a healthy, happy indigenous family that's unified and together forever. And, um, and I wanted to celebrate that. So that's the other reason why we did ultimately decide to get married. And I think, you know, cynical teenage Chelsea would be laughing and, um, you know, little rolling her eyes yeah. and going, God, 
and little Batman Ninja Turtle Chelsea would also be a little bit mortified. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a really happy day. And that's why ultimately we decided to go for it. Um, if, if, for those of you um, out there listening who want ideas about planning a wedding for yourself in an indigenized decolonized way. We're not obsessed with that word decolonized, so we don't use it very often, but I'll go ahead and use it here. Uh, This episode might also be useful for you because I think we went about it in a really unique manner. We decided to do a full three-day celebration because we did have we were actually surprised and totally honored by the volume, the number of people who did come in from other countries and other states, uh, almost a hundred people, you know, so we thought we don't want this to just end in a couple of hours. So we made it a full weekend of celebration and each day had a different component. The first day was the ceremony, the ceremonial part. The second day was sort of a bridal party, women's day, men's day. Um, We'll talk about that in a minute. And the third day was our reception party and our giveaway. So we're going to give you the rundown of each day and how it all went. So for the the ceremony, we had that on a Friday evening and we decided to do it right around sunset, the end of the day, uh, only really because of logistical reasons, because a lot of people actually flew in and some people drove in from several states away and got in that morning. So we thought, you know, let's not do a sunrise ceremony like how we normally do in our cultures, right? Let's do an evening ceremony and we'll get beautiful evening light and Arizona the weather in November is, is beautiful. It's perfect. Those of you that know. And so we had it on my dad's land, our family's land in Salt River and on Akamird, right near our oiduk, right near the field where we grow food, where we grow corn, we grow squash, all that melon, some fruits. Um, you know, we right there in that beautiful little area. My great grandfather used to grow cotton there. He used to grow melons. He used to grow alfalfa and he used to grow corn there. And also having the ceremony on our land, it it connects us more spiritually to that land. And this is good for Aloe because she's going to be, that's her land. That's what she's going to be uh, getting as time goes on. And so we thought it'd be special to have it there, to have all these people come over. And so the ceremony itself was a real ceremony in the way that we do, right, as Native people. And we know that during ceremonies, we don't take pictures, we don't take videos because we have to respect the integrity of that ceremony. Sometimes what I believe, too, um, the electrical devices, the signals they put off, those, I think, it just it's a weird mix to have those with like the energy of our our ceremonial items you know our staffs or our feathers or instruments and things like that that we use in our culture right so i just don't think that these things really mix and i think that a lot of our 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 early traditional healers knew that and that's why they always asked in addition to not exposing what we do to outside culture i think that that's why they ask people never to film things but we don't want to put things out there where people can misinterpret right and people can exploit we don't want that also too this was this was made at the request of our our ceremonial person that came down from donna Atam jovid from from to nation she came up to conduct the ceremony for us and she's a woman that had this way was passed on to her 
by her mother who had already moved, made her journey. And so it was very meaningful for us as a family because their family had been, been really uh, supportive of us in our family's growth. And so they are good people. And so she came to do the ceremony. And the way the ceremony is done is that I'll share just a little bit. Um, but what, what it, how it goes is it's not just Chelsea and I, it's the, it's the whole family. So Aloe is in with us while it, it's happening. The ceremonial item that is used is an ironwood, what we call an oitgum, and it's a, it's a short staff. And the, in the desert, the ironwood is the name tells it's the strongest wood in the desert. So during the ceremony, each of us had a hand on it and Aloe even put her little hand on it. And the, cer the ceremony is being conducted and during that time, what it's doing is that it's 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 attaching our marriage, our relationship to the oitgum because the oitgum is strong because it's 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 solid, it's sturdy, and so the tree that it came from, we're still connected to it, and so the tree's roots, the way it goes into the ground, we are supposed to mimic that and act like that. We are to be rooted on the land. And to be connected and to be branched out and you know root trees roots interact so we're connected to the land we're connected to the people we're strong with it the branches above are to represent our offspring and our growth like our career path going in different directions and, and flourishing and growing together and uh, aloe and her future and so forth so that's what the meaning of that is and so that's the item that we will carry for the rest of our lives and that was gifted to us. It was made by her father. He had taken this in from the oith gum and harvested it and whittled it and created it and shaped it and, and put the ribbons on it that represent our marriage. And for me, this was just the meaning behind this was what I was looking for. This is what I wanted a marriage to be. This is what I wanted, the symbolism and the spiritual ideology of our relationship to be about something like this. So we also incorporated some other things too, to acknowledge our Plains cultures as well. And so people got to partake. So they just weren't spectating, but they all got to, to, to partake in a certain other areas too. So we stood in front and then there we had blankets on the ground and lots of our friends sat on the ground. Some of our older folks sat in chairs just on the side of us there. And we had songs that were sang and it was at sunset and it was just a, a beautiful time. It was a beautiful, very peaceful time. And another reason why, too, we had people not use social media, uh, not use cameras and stuff because we wanted people to be present. We want people to be present and absorb the experience and to remember it. But uh, as the ceremony was going, that's an experience that I'll, I'll remember for my entire life. The images are in my mind. When we started planning for that ceremony, it was important to me to have that at sunset. Um, one of the things that I love about living here with Dosh and one of the reasons why I'm okay with living far away from my family, as you know, I grew up in North Dakota, but I love the desert. I love the land here. I love um, seeing the sunset every day. And I love the place where Thosh's family's land is. It's a beautiful area. Um, and I just, it was so special to me to have that ceremony there. And it was interesting because I didn't even anticipate this. But when we were standing there, I really truly did feel more connected to that area. I felt like, okay, this is my home now. 
this is really where I belong. And I really, I really felt like I was literally growing roots from my feet into the ground there. And, um, the other thing that I felt during that ceremony was a flashback of all of these different times in my life where I have prayed, where I have been in my own homelands with my family, with my culture, with our different ceremonies that we do. And because I felt so safe and so unified and so right in that place, I felt like, wow, my everything is coming together. Everything felt synchronous. I guess another way to describe it, you could say like, I felt like my prayers had been answered. And I agree with Dosh that it was such an empowering experience to do this ceremony in our own way, combining practices from our different lineages. Um, and just to clarify too, what he, what he was saying earlier about church weddings, you know, by no means is it wrong to have a church wedding if you're a Christian and if you're a practicing Christian and if that's what you do, then great, you know, that's that's meaningful and that's spiritual for you. But what he's referring to is that there's this whole a lot um it's a common in our generation of of native people to um have seen church weddings growing up because that's what the grandparents believed in and maybe even the parents' generation. And then they just don't can't even conceptualize another venue or another context for how a marriage celebration would go because it's true that um you know traditional or ceremonial weddings uh don't happen as often in certain communities so um you know so you don't have to do weddings the way that Thosh and I do but whatever is spiritually meaningful and significant to you is you know, re-empower yourself that you can do that and you can plan it in your own way. And that's what we did. And it, it worked out really well. And so, of course, the food choices was very important for us. And for after the ceremony, um, we gave a, a really nice giving of thanks for the food. And we had had a turkey there. We had a wild turkey there. We had a grass-fed bison that was ethically sourced. We had an elk roast that some friends of ours had brought up from the Northwest. And so we thought it was really important to have those. We had a three sisters soup. We had corns, beans, squash, all of that coming from the, our autumn areas. We had melon that was grown from our field. What else do we have? We had, oh, we had some really awesome menudo that my brother had made. And we just had this, this, this the wedding bread. Yes. Oh yes. And the wedding bread too, that was made by our, uh, our Mohawk sisters from Ganawage out of the the, the blue cornmeal uh, and the blueberries, that was super good. And we actually didn't get to eat much of it because we forgot to stash it. Oh, I did stash some and some people found it and they started eating it. We forgot to make an announcement to say, hey, save some of this wedding bread for us, you know. <laughs> we had desserts from Costco. Yes, yeah, from <laughs> sacred desserts that were blessed. No, that was for the reception. We had some at the wedding too. No, but I just throw that joke in there because, um, I mean – you know, we, of course, the staple items and the most um, nurturing and fulfilling items of the day, it was important for us to have really good whole foods. And of course, if you throw a tray of cookies in there, no harm done. 
yeah, we wanted it to be a good mix of of a lot of different foods, you know, and and just kind of exposing more of our friends and extended family about what our indigenous foods are, but also speckling in there and throwing some of those those modern foods in there, those sweets to kind of just, you know, what people are used to. And yeah, it was good. It was a good mix. We were very laid back. So the food for Friday was a was a was a good time and everybody really enjoyed it. And this might go without saying for some of you uh who are familiar with with uh, the way our communities work, but it was also important for us to do a no, no alcohol at all, no substances. And here's the thing, Dasha and I don't drink and it's, but you know, we had the power to plan the day and we just wanted everything to happen in a good way. And, um, you know, I personally grew up whether on or off the res, I don't know if I've ever seen a wedding that didn't have alcohol. And obviously bad things happen when drinking is around and that's why we don't have it in our day-to-day lives. And so we felt absolutely no pressure <laughs> to have it at our any aspect of our celebrations. And, um, and that was great. And that was a really important aspect of us for it too. So um, we were also very, very mindful of um, the energy in the space and it was just nice because our friends who come, who came were very respectful of that. And some of them, most of, uh, obviously most of the people at a wedding are native, but some of our, you know, friends from college and for other aspects of life had never been to a ceremony like that before. And uh, it was really cool to hear their perspective on it as well, because they were just in awe of how much fun everybody was having, how energetic and spiritually uplifting and um, dynamic the whole celebration was. They were just glowing with happiness. And um, one of my friends mentioned to me, she's like, it's so crazy. In any other context, I'd be going for a drink or so. And so would everybody else around me. But she's like, you know, she was really um, fascinated to see that you don't need that to make a fun party. And so I felt honored to be that host of that and to say this is real native culture. Yeah, another thing too I forgot to mention earlier is that we didn't do a, an exchange of rings because as we know that that's kind of more something that's done in dominant culture. We are actually having rings or having we're having them custom made um, for us. Shout out to uh, Alex up in Diné territories, a dope, uh, a dope silversmith. But yeah, so we are having that. But you know that's really for us just to kind of wear while we're in dominant culture. So we you know we're, we partake of course to a certain extent, but we didn't want the ring exchange to be the center of our ceremony. So we didn't, we didn't even have them right now. <laughs> so that wasn't um, part of that. We're also too, Chelsea's keeping her last name and some people were trying to call us. Oh, congratulations, Mr. And Mrs. Collins. You know, <laughs> we were, and I was that, well, people were saying that on Facebook, but they were older people. So that, that's how I imagine they sound. But we had to tell them, I tell them, I says, Oh, and by the way, I said this on a Facebook post when I was sharing pictures from our wedding. I says, we're, we're not, we're not doing the last name thing. Chelsea's keeping hers because, as we know, in dominant culture, that implies that the man is is has ownership over the woman. But our thing is is a union of coming together of two families, and so we are equal within this union, and we want people to know that. Yeah, I mean, I've already established a name for myself and a reputation for myself in my career. I'm a journalist, a writer. Um, you know, I, I am known as Chelsea Luger and why would I, why would I change that? Um, 
So uh, it's interesting because I'm not particularly attached to the concept of last names, period. Right. And so I'm just not going to go through this logistical process of changing my name to Thosh's name. It just doesn't make any sense for us. Yeah. And Aloe already has my last name. <laughs> and I think I personally don't I don't take on the, the, the American values of a family last name. It's our dynasty that we need to keep up our family last name. You know, that like, you've had for about three generations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, last names are new for us. You know, we only got them in like, I think they're late 1800s, very early 1900s in Salt River area. But, you know, last names to me, the only utility that they serve is really just to identify who's who in the community since the clan system the Vumgard is not is not really practiced as much. That's how we identified ourselves originally was through the clan system. And that's why I, as the mom, was also, you know, it wasn't a question for me. Yeah, we'll give Alo uh, Thosh's name because we had already chosen to live here and to make our life in Arizona in, um, you know, in Salt River Territory. And, and then, you know, Alo is enrolled in Thosh's tribe and all that. And so... um. I mean, I might think differently about it if if we were to be making our life in North Dakota. I might think it makes more sense for Aloe to be a Luger because people in Standing Rock know who Lugers are. But that's not what we're doing. We're we're making our our family and our home here, and uh, people know. You know, Aloe Aloe can always go up, and people will know who's her grandpa, who's her grandma, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, makes sense for her to have Thosh's last name. So the ceremony went kind of, um, it felt like it was midnight when we left and we were stunned when we got in the car and drove away and saw that it was only 8 p.m. It was 9. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was 8, actually. I know it was. Okay. But anyways. Um, so the ceremony ended in kind of the early evening, but it was funny because we thought that it was like midnight when we left because of all the energy that was expanded in a good way. And that was one of the comments that we kept hearing throughout the weekend, too. Everybody was like, oh, man, I'm exhausted by the end of the day. But it was just because we were all having so much fun the whole time. Um, another aspect that I loved about the ceremony was seeing all of the beautiful clothes and outfits that mm -hmm. all of our stylish friends and family members were wearing. It was so cool to see everybody's sort of like inner tribal um, creative expression through uh, what they wore. And that was really fun. Uh, but day two was um, a relaxing day. So we almost, we knew that the ceremony would be kind of like a big event. And so we wanted the day in the middle to uh, to be, uh, to facilitate where people who had come in from out of town could still hang out with each other. Um, and so we decided to do kind of separate, like the fellas could have their thing going on. And Thosh will talk about that. And the ladies, we did our own day. And I was super grateful to uh, Jaleen Joseph and Shailene Joseph, who are our Native Wellness Institute family. They hosted a, uh, you know, bridal party for me. Um, and so we did that at uh, a beautiful house that they rented up in Paradise Valley. And it was just a cool chance for all the ladies to get together. So we met up there at about 2 p.m. And we were there for the whole rest of the evening. And we started it out by this kind of this little talking circle where all the ladies in the circle mentioned um, how they knew me, where we met. And so that was really fun for me to hear 
um, everybody's stories kind of about how we're interconnected. And so many of them were friends that I have known just since being with Dosh, which was also a cool reminder that um, why our union is so special because we have been able to build and and share love with one another's existing pre-existing family and friends. And, um, you know, I had called friends from my Dartmouth days over 10 years ago, which was amazing that they, that they came out. I had friends from grad school. Um, and then fr- of course my sisters were there and Thosh's sisters and, uh, friends from our, our native wellness Institute family. It was just amazing. The most beautiful, wonderful group of women, that I have ever had the pleasure of being in the presence of. And I'm so proud of all my female friends and family. And I loved having them all together in one space. And so because for us, we don't do, we weren't going to do, um, what is it that they do in the dominant society? Like, uh, you know, those like bridal party where they all wear uh, matching bathing suits that say like bride tribe on them. Yeah, I was not going to, I was not about to plan an event like that and go to Vegas and all that, you know, that's just like, that's not my, my idea of fun is just more like what we did. So major shout out to Jalene and Shailene for planning this and they did it like a self-care day. So the rest of it was um, people were kind of, um, going in and out between the house and between the pool area. And there's this big, nice barbecue area. And, um, you know, we were doing face facials and makeup and uh, swimming and playing games and doing these little mood board things. And there was just like, mostly we were just laughing and visiting and hanging out and there was amazing food and it was so much fun. And then at the end of the evening, um, uh, when the sun went down, uh, they cooked this big, amazing meal, kind of like barbecue style. And all the fellas came and joined us for that. So we did end up coming together in the end of the night. So that was nice to have a day in the middle that I wasn't responsible for planning. I could just show up and enjoy. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah, the pictures look look like a lot of fun. Just seeing a huge group of women. It's beautiful. And I can just imagine, you know, the energy that was there. Anytime women get together and they have something like that, you know, the energy, the words that are shared is always very powerful. So you can just kind of tell from what little pictures I've seen. And so that day, while that morning on Saturday morning, a lot of us guys got together right there back on my dad's property again, because we were also pitting some meat, pitting meaning cooking meat under the ground that would be served for the big reception and social giveaway that would happen on the third day, the next day. So we had wood to chop. We had a a pit to kind of fix up. And so a lot of these guys showed up. I know there was about a good 12 of us that came out and it was fun. Just first circled up with these guys and told them what we're going to do. And, and immediately we broke out the tools and we started getting to work. And it's just it's just fun to have that camaraderie with the other fellas, with brothers doing work together, doing our role, like what we were supposed to do in our families and in our in our communities. And so we got the work done quick because there was there was quite a bit of us and we were having fun with it. And, you know, we're making a little competition out of it because, you know, a lot of us are, are, are very athletic and stuff. And so. And then after that, we had our own talking circle. We sat down and each of these guys shared and shared words from their heart and talked about how important it was for them to maintain relations with their with their brothers and new friends that they've created and just talking about the history we've had and just just giving just giving our, our little family, just telling me, 
you know, showering me with lots of just comments and good love and things like that. And people were just um, happy to be a part of it. And then we ate together. Um, we had some bison heart. Uh, we had some more melon from our field. And then we started having fun and, and uh, we broke out some of the long bows and, and some of the rifles and just started kind of shooting around and having a little competition. And and uh, it was fun. It was a really good time and they really enjoyed it. And the ladies and I, we were all laughing and joking at how they were having the manliest day ever. Like, <laughs> you see these pictures of these guys and a lot of them are in good shape and they got their shirts off and they're like digging this big hole and like burying meat and then they're eating a heart and like <laughs> shooting bows and arrows. It was just <laughs> funny, but um, I was really proud of them too. And, and our friend Shailene mentioned this as well, that she was almost brought to tears and her little brother was a part of it because it's, this is the new normal. This is what, you know, a men's gathering should be. And again, Thosh isn't like <laughs> running off to Vegas and like going to a strip club or whatever, which, yeah, <laughs> which is kind of like this, the, you know, the American standard for a bachelor party. Um, but I mean, I'll let him speak for himself, but I think he had more fun doing, doing it his way. Yeah. We kept joking around with saying this is a real bachelor party. Cause you know, we're, we're making, we're making fun of the concept to begin with of a bachelor party. Like we didn't, that's not what we were thinking at all. Um, but we were kind of joking around about that, but, um, yeah, again, not to, to be negative or whatever, but a lot of things that happen. And again, in the dominant society's views for me, it, it doesn't align with me. That's not how I was raised or it doesn't make sense. But all of us fellows that were there were, are all committed to their wives and to their partners and their fathers. And so it was a good time for us to be able to spend together because a lot of us are kind of, um, we don't get to see each other very often as much because we're all very busy with our lives now and we live in different places. So it was good. And then in the evening, we joined up with all the women. We went up there to the Airbnb. It's a beautiful place that Jelena had hosted the Women's Day at. And we got up there and again, they fed everyone. And we had uh, wild rice manumen. We had uh, small elk sliders. We had lots of green salads. We had just uh, just all kinds of just good, delicious food there. And it was so good. It was awesome. <laughs> and there was like, you know, a good 50 people there. I think if, if you've seen some of my Insta stories from that weekend, you've seen some of that. It was just so much fun to a big circle of friends just um, giving thanks and eating together. And it, it was just a beautiful uh, evening to just kind of relax and go around and talk to everybody. And, it, you know, more people had gotten in town by that time. So it was it was much fun. So after that, once again, we that party must have ended about 8 p.m. And we felt like it was midnight. It was just so much fun and, and so much so exciting. Uh, so we went to bed early and uh, the next day was the reception party. So um, this was sort of like the cap, the closing event of the weekend. It was a Sunday afternoon and we found a venue in Phoenix that um it had beautiful hardwood floors. It was actually used to be um, the Phoenix Indian School, a, a day school for Native people. And they ch they have renovated this beautiful historic building that's in the middle of a park and they turned it into an event space. And so we thought that that was perfect for us. Part of us considered having the reception at like a hotel space. I mean, the Salt River Tribe has this big, beautiful casino that we looked into there. But we did not want to have our wedding reception at a place where it was required to use their catering 
because the food is such an important aspect of us. We wanted to hire our own caterer and bring our own food in. And so we'll talk more about that in a moment, but that's why we ended. And we also ultimately didn't want to select a venue that had a bar or that kind of energy around. So this was a cool thing because it, it it's an alcohol-free space and it was far away from any of that kind of stuff. So we had this beautiful venue and lots of natural light. Yeah, lots of natural light and it was just um our chance to once again get all of the family and friends together. And it was a little bit of a different crowd from the first couple of days. Um, there were a greater number of people that showed up from Dosh's community. And um, and that was nice to have that that those three different days so that if you couldn't make it to one day, at least you could make it to another. And the main component to that day was our giveaway, our little giveaway ceremony. So we had lots of gifts that Chelsea and I had accumulated over the years since we started planning and we picked up more gifts. And we started by honoring our family, our parents for them doing what they've done and fostering a good space for us to grow up. And we honored our grandparents, some of our aunties that were there. Then we honored our extended family, our mentors, such as Jillian Joseph and her husband, Will, the director of the Native Wellness Institute, also one of our senior board members, Theta Nubarest, who came down from Pecani country, Montana. Um, we had honored these people and a lot of our friends that came from afar and we have we still have some honoring and gifts to do to some of our siblings and other friends that are also important roles in our life. And so the, the giveaway ceremony is a way to express gratitude to those people that play an important role in your life. And you share beautiful words with them. You share words with them that let them know that they are valued and they're loved. And we want them to continue to be a role in our family. It's also a way to really, I guess, solidify Aloe's relations because we're, everything we're doing has to do, of course, with, with our daughter, Aloe, her growing up within a supportive network and having these people to look to, having aunties and uncles and cousins and siblings and siblings and grandmas and grandpas to look up to that have a good image. So it's a way to really bring the families together and to strengthen us. One of the common ties between every tribal nation is that historically you hear about wealth, you hear about the leadership of the communities. And those that were considered the wealthiest were those that often had the least items because they were constantly giving things away. And so we really wanted to honor that and that concept of wealth in terms of giving. And so rather than, you know, spending, you, you would be surprised at how little we spent. And then especially if you incorporate that, the financial help that our parents gave us. I mean, this was, this wedding was not a big financial burden on Thosh and I, um, but we did manage, you know, I would say that probably what our biggest expense was in terms of, you know, uh, purchasing and collecting items for our giveaway. Um, and that was just really important to us to, to give back to all of the help that our family and relatives have guided us along the way. And like I said, to honor that real concept of wealth in that, um, we, you know, we need to be generous. And that's something that I'm constantly striving toward um, and practicing, not just during big moments, but also in day-to-day -day life. I really admire generosity. And I was very happy to hear my friend Marina, who's from 
who grew up in Brazil and Boston, she goes, this is the most generous wedding ever. I've never seen anything like that. And so I was, again, I was just really happy that that's the feeling that she walked away with. Yeah, we had a good mix of people there. And uh, a lot of our friends are performers. They're, they're musicians, they're poets, they're spoken word artists, they're singers. They sing, you know, uh, their traditional songs. They sing a lot of just in general. And we got, and we had an opportunity for each of them to come up and to share some of their medicine with everybody. And it was just, it was beautiful. It was, it was very awesome. We yes. were at, the whole place was brought to tears by yeah. this sharing of songs and poetry. Dance. And oh my gosh, our friends are so talented. Different cultures. Yeah. Yes. It was just amazing. It was just beautiful. Like it was very emotional and you can just feel their love as they're doing it. And a lot of people in the room were really touched emotionally by it. So, so big thank you. Thank you to all of our friends that shared a piece of themselves. That was really beautiful. It was a very memorable time. And we didn't really take much videos because we were so present. We're just soaking up and absorbing that experience, the energy, the sights, the sounds, the smells, the feeling, the tastes, all of that. We also had our friend as like the MC, our friend and longtime mentor, Robert Johnston. And he's funny. Anyone who knows Robert, Robert is funny. He's a basketball he coach. So <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a hypnotist as well. And he's an amazing, awesome wellness trainer and, and leader. And so he, he hosted it, you know, and it was just funny. He, he, he did such a good job and we had a lot of good, big crowd laughs in there from his commentary and all of his little activities. And then the food, of course, too, was very special for that day. And as I mentioned already, some of the meat that we served there was all bison roast, bison roast and elk that was pitted in the ground. And it's it's cooked underground in coals. It's in oven bags and burlap bags, and it sits on a bed of coals. It's covered with a board, and you know we cover the board up with the with the the dirt, the earth, so no oxygen gets out. It's trapped, and it cooks for twelve hours. So it's a process to do that, and it makes the meat very tender, and it gives it the smoky taste to it. And so we had that. We had wild catch salmon that was brought down from the Colombia. We had a mix of 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 a beans, which is called bosho. It's beans. Uh, different types of autumn beans and some a little bit of autumn corn and a little bit of the the autumn wheat berries and we had some thick luscious hearty salads that were awesome too and we had some other stuff that we had yeah like chelsea said we had we had pumpkin pies and pumpkin cheesecake pies from costco and we had we had some uh friends who brought 200 blue corn cookies made by our two of our Diné relatives and they with that they made these beautiful corn husk flowers and centerpieces and it was beautiful and those cookies were very delicious and you know me I don't eat a lot of sweets but I was indulging that day for sure yeah we were so fortunate because we met um these ladies at Indigenous Peoples Day in Phoenix about a month earlier and we had been thinking what are we going to have for dessert at our wedding? And it was just synchronous. It was just perfect. We met them and it turns out they had been following welfare culture sometime and um, a young lady and her mom. And I encourage you all to follow them on Instagram. Their page is called Blue Corn Custom Designs and they sell, um, they're starting to sell some of their stuff online and um, they're just, they put a lot of heart and spiritual energy into, into their food and, um, so yeah, that was awesome. And the, the cookies are just this beautiful color of blue. And um, so f all aspects of the food were so good. Our friends were like, 
you know, they were all posting and sharing pictures, best wedding food ever. Cause it was just this hearty, delicious. We had Mexican foods, we had indigenous foods, um, all of our favorite stuff. It was important to me. I wanted enchiladas there and tamales because I love, um, those kind of foods. And, um, so we just really celebrated our, our Southwest hybridized indigenous culture and it was bomb. It was so tasty. And so a big shout out to also to our friend Angelo Palos and Tomas Carmelo for for just shooting photos of us there, shooting photos. And we didn't have uh, also Eller. Yeah, thank you. We didn't have like a photographer, um, you know, delegated. We just said, you know, let's just give the camera to some more friends. Let's ask some of our friends to blast some photos around um, Chelsea's friend Rigna. Um, they all just contributed. We had some just very beautiful coverage and just uh, beautiful photos. And uh, I posted quite a bit of them. If you follow me on my personal social media on Instagram, I posted a, a three different posts with just a number of photos to see just a beautiful turnout and how how beautifully dressed everyone was. And just it was just a nice time. And a lot of people um, had such a good time. So we really wanted to make sure that we were kind of sharing a little bit of that with all of our friends and out there in Internet land. Yeah. So ultimately, I mean, I think the takeaway here is that we did things our own way. We did things in a spiritually significant way and we really focused on energy. We wanted to bring together all of the positive energy and the positive aspects of our friends and family from all over the world and to give back to that. And I just think it turned out beautifully and um, everybody left there feeling elated. And that's what, you know, the, the sentiment that was shared with us. And then we went on again and had to continue celebrating even more at um, our uh, our family friend's place, Carmen and Zarco and uh, Quetzal Sunshine hosted us at their house afterward. Um, and I mean, just the celebration continued and, you know, hopefully the, the celebration and, and the energy will continue forever as we continue to live our lives together in this marriage, in this family. And the love, energy, and support that we received from all of our friends was just, uh, it was it was amazing. It was beautiful to be a little family showered with that much love and to, to know that we are in a strong, connected network of extended family from across Turtle Island is, is very, it's very powerful for us. It gives us this sense of belonging and this will be a good uh, starting point for our daughter to grow up and and they all them brought their children too and so we're just excited for the next generation of children that are about to come and we are uh, trying to set reset the standard and give power back to our indigenous practices our indigenous spiritual ceremonial ideology our indigenous worldview normalizing that once again and letting that evolve and flourish in our in our in, in our world today and showing it's still applicable it looks different but it's still applicable and we're showing that to our children that we have the power we give ourselves the power and permission to recreate some of these things if they have been not practiced and so this is what was really important for us so we're just happy that so many friends and family came from afar and received good medicine from it. We were receiving text messages and phone calls, you know, days later, over a week later, and people were still talking about how they're just flying high from all the good medicine that was shared. So that was a, a big thing that we're just so grateful for. So, so thank you once again to all of you out there that helped contribute and make this event a memorable one. 
And finally, I just want to also thank all of you, our listeners, um, and those of you who have been with us um, for years following our our personal lives and our welfare culture journey. Uh, the reason why we even feel compelled to open up a little bit more about it is that we hear feedback from you all that you support our relationship, that you enjoy seeing uh, you know, this healthy indigenous family and marriage. And it just means a lot to us that, you know, that this could even mean anything to anybody else out there. It, it, I, I really genuinely appreciate that. And it inspires me to keep sharing with you all. So we love you all and we wish you all of the happiness in the world, just as you have wished for us. 